Next Talk contains content of a mature nature. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome to Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim on AM630, The Word. Mandy is the author of Talk, and Kim is the director of Next Talk, a nonprofit organization helping parents cyber parent through open communication. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our video series and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? Today on the show, we're talking about abuse. And before you turn it off or change your mind, we particularly named the show A Topic for Everyone. And we're going to talk a little bit about why it's a topic for everyone in a minute. But we really want to dive into this four-week series um, because we feel like it's important for parents, it's important for moms, dads, everyone to know about the different parts of abuse and um, the different aspects of why it's important for us to have information about it. We have a special guest today. Her name is Kim. Hello. Not me, Kim. Another Kim. Two Kims. Kim A and Kim B. Two Kims and a Mandy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the weird one today. You're the odd man I'm always the weird one. You're always the weird one. Who are we kidding? (laughs) And Kim um, has been a part of Next Talk for a very long time. And we want to share a little bit about how we got to this point. Yeah, Kim, take a minute and introduce yourself. You've been on the radio program before, I but have just been on the radio your before. husband, how long you guys have been married, how many kids you have, just a brief introduction. We've, my husband and I have been married for 22 years, 23 this summer. I have three kiddos. My daughters are 20 and 18, and my son is closely approaching 13. Bless your heart. And wow. he's good at it. <laughs> so, yeah, I. I mean, I've been with Next Talk for a long time now, and yeah, several years. I remember um, one day uh, years ago, we all sat around a table at one of our friends' house and were sharing our stories, like our testimonies, like our lifelong, like what's happened to you. And I remember hearing your story, and it just had a profound impact on me. Like I just thought to myself, this is going to be a story that every person needs to hear. Like every parent really is what I really thought, because for me, I grew up and I had no sexual abuse in my past. I was not a victim and I was did not experience it. So I feel like it's not on my radar with my kids. Right. Like, I don't know what to look for. I don't know what the signs are. I don't have this passion to protect my kids from it because I don't know it. Right. And so, you know, this is really why we we said this is a topic for everyone, even if you have not been affected personally by this. Right. You need to know how it happens and what it what it means and how to talk to your kids about it. Yes. And I think we're going to talk about that a lot during the series. Um, I know I'm very passionate about people who do have abuse in their past and how it affects how you parent your children and protecting them. Because when you when you do have children, you start to see it through a different lens mm-hmm. and and it changes the way you parent. And so it's also important, I think, for parents who, like you just said, don't have any abuse in their past. I think it's still important to hear these things we're going to talk about because it helps you see how early you can start these conversations and help protect your kiddos. Or your spouse may be the person who has abuse in their past and you do not. And you have to kind of come together on how you're going to parent from each of your perspectives, which was my case, because my husband doesn't have any kind of abuse in his past. So 
And I think you will be able to attest also to there. There are people who have been abused in some way, shape or form yes. um, who don't even realize it. And so this may be a light bulb moment for them, listening to these shows, hearing some this of the true. stories that you share. We're even bringing in a counselor um, on the third show to talk about some of those signs and things to look for. And so this may be a chance for someone to say, wait a minute, that that's me. I see myself in your stories. Right. And I think we, I want to be clear that we realize that people listening, this may bring to the surface some things that that are from their past that they haven't dealt with, that they haven't talked about. I completely mm-hmm. understand that because I tucked it away in a cute little box for a long time sure. and didn't touch it. Um, and this, so this, our conversations these next few weeks can be triggering for people and, yeah. and cause some. And so I think that's why it's important to have the counselor on the show. And I always tell people, have somebody to talk to. It's very, very healing, but a professional to help you walk through it is extremely important. Well, it's been it's been cool for me just to see a little glimpse in the last couple years about how God has just emboldened you to take this story out, right. you know, to share this story. Yeah. Um, it's been I think it's been really neat for our next talk team to pray over this and it's and just watch your obedience and your courage. It's been inspiring. And so, you know, we want these shows to be empowering. You know, if you've yes. struggled, uh, you're not a victim, you're a survivor. The survivor, yes. right? <laughs> I, I tell people that now when I share my story. I don't call myself a victim anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. I survived something. I'm yes. a survivor. Yes. I remember hearing, and I don't know where I heard it years ago, someone said, when you can tell your story without crying, it means you're, you've healed that mm-hmm. wound. And so being able to do it without crying, it, I, I was like, oh, maybe I'm healed. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a process to It's go a total over. process. It's doesn't process. mean I don't get triggered. Doesn't mean I don't go right back to that little girl I was years ago at times. But I can share it and from a point of let me help someone else with this. What can I do to help someone else with this story? We got a lot to dig into a lot, on this. Yes. There's so much. There's so much because, you know, just saying you're not a victim anymore, you're a survivor, my mind went to, but there's a time that you have to say, I'm a victim. Like you have to own that. Oh, and yeah. then you have to walk it's, through that. It's a process and all then you, the time. Yes. And I and it's not just sexual abuse. I think anyone who suffered any kind of abuse, any kind of trauma, anything like that that you're healing from. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of feeling. You can always be taken back there to that place very easily. That's why I think that's one of the things we're going to talk about is how to know what triggers you and how to handle it. Absolutely. Well, you know, we we said that this is a show for everyone. We want to start out with some statistics so you guys can really understand the scope of what we're talking about here. Um, These statistics are from the CDC. Um, One in three women and one in four men experience some sort of sexual abuse involving physical contact during their lifetimes. That number is staggering because that is also just the amount of people reporting. I mean, I think about the people who haven't reported Mm -hmm. or don't even realize it's abuse. Every time I hear those statistics, I always think it's more. I know it's more because there's so many that don't say anything. And it says normally one in eight who reported it occurred before the age of 10. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so it is starting early. Early. And we are actually seeing this more and more. I kind of feel like the research just isn't keeping up because kids are so much seeing pornography that it's playing into this. I mean, we've got child-on-child sexual abuse happening now. Mm -hmm, You know, where before it was more um, adult-on-child, but that's a whole new area, too. And so this is a topic that we all need to know about and know the signs and know what to look for. Yes. There's so many um, types of abuse also. I think immediately people go to sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. And like you said, they're thinking an adult on a child. And we wanted to make clear that today we're going to be talking about all types of abuse. We're going to be sharing your story, Kim. Well, you are. Um, (laughs) You know, we really appreciate you being brave to open up and share what you walked through. But this process of bringing it into the light, is something that you have to go through no matter what type of abuse that you have experienced yes. or no matter what type of abuse we're talking about protecting right. your kids from. Um, there's contact and non-contact abuse. And I think um, people haven't even heard that term a lot of times. Right. I think people immediately, you think of the touch, the, yeah. the, the contact. I think of rape, of, assault. You, like that's where yes, I go in my yes. mind. And that's one other thing that I know the three of us have had this conversation about the word abuse. It has a very negative connotation. Mm-hmm. You automatically think, like you just said, rape, something violent. Um, and I, I think, I know for me and my experience, um, as I got older and did hear the word sexual abuse, I minimized my own abuse because I didn't get sent to the hospital. I wasn't bloodied and bruised and it wasn't violent. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's real important for people to understand that sometimes abuse feels good. Yeah. And that's even more confusing for a child to understand that it's something wrong that's happening to them. I think you get that feeling of something's off, something's not quite right, but I don't know how to put my finger on this. And grooming is a whole nother aspect of this. Um, but yeah, the abuse, the word is, is difficult. So in a, in a child's mind who is being abused, you know, maybe they've been manipulated by someone they know. I think that's often Mm -hmm. the case, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then the touch feels good, you know, because it's a biological thing for certain things to feel good. Right. And so then when, when a parent says, watch out for child abuse or abuse. Right. Or is someone hurting you? Don't mm-hmm. let anyone hurt you. The yes. kid is thinking, well, that's not hurting mind, me. Hers because is this is my coach thing. or this is mm-hmm. my pastor who I adore. Or a family members. And it feels good when they touch me. So I don't, they're not equating that that is abuse. Right. Because in their mind, abuse is violent and awful. And it can be, though. It, it can, can be. be all of those things. It's just understanding how to talk about it or how to question a child, I think, is a very different thing. Like yeah. understanding that there, a kid's brain doesn't mm-hmm. wrap around the word abuse or hurt or anything when what they're dealing with may feel good and yeah. someone's that they trust and feel safe with and love is touching them in a way that they don't understand. They've been manipulated, how to, how but they don't process know how to, it. They don't know yeah. how to label it. Right, exactly. The reason we do everything here is to protect kids. And so by exactly. sharing your story and by us going into, especially in our fourth show and the series, we're going to talk about what some of those conversations look like. Mm-hmm. And you're also going to share what those look like with your kids. And we yes. want to give you some real tangible tools so that you can ask the right questions. You can know what to look for. Um, and then it's not just this kind of open conversation. We right. really are going to dig in and give you some specific things to know so that you have tools to help your kids. Right. 
So we talked about contact and non-contact, and I, I feel like we kind of covered the contact. Can we talk about the non-contact? I was going to say, we didn't really get into that. I know when we started talking about this, you know, for me, I don't have this past. And so I had a lot of questions about this. Well, what do you mean non-contact? Right. Explain this to me. And so I think a lot of people feel that way. Like, I didn't really think of non-contact abuse being a thing for a long time. Um, but anytime a child is shown a pornographic picture or video or told explicit stories with sexual details, anything like that is also a form of abuse that's called non-contact abuse. So kind of what we talk about with Next Talk with online predators and those kinds of things, mm-hmm. that would be a form of non-contact abuse when someone online is trying to get a kid to take a nude or um, sharing a video that's sexually explicit, any of those kinds of things. Um, and I don't think we've talked about that or really thought about that as a form of abuse. You know, I talked to a lady once and um, her parents were um, separated, but one of them was having affairs Mm -hmm. and they constantly was was like she would be taken to bars and Mm -hmm. watched and all of this stuff Mm -hmm. and graphic things like watched, you know, right people having it changes sex. It, it, a that's child. like a non-contact type of you. situation is mm-hmm. what you're saying where they're exposed to this stuff something that they shouldn't be exposed to that's completely yeah. inappropriate for their age and it's it's nothing that they can process mm-hmm. at right. that age right if you're just now tuning in this is next talk radio at 2 p.m. on AM 630, The Word. Next Talk Radio is sponsored in part by Pax Financial Group and listeners just like you. Everything we do at our nonprofit to keep kids safe online is accomplished through your donations. To support our organization, go to nexttalk.org and click on Give. There's big news if you are an investment client of USAA. Just recently, USAA announced that a Cleveland, Ohio corporation has entered into an agreement to purchase USAA Asset Management. They have always been an exceptional organization and will continue to serve our community well. But if you are considering a change, this might be the right time to look at San Antonio's Pax Financial Group. 210-881-5700. PaxFinancialGroup.com. Investment advisory services offered through Pax Financial Group. There's two Kims today and a Mandy. Um, <laughs> two Kims and a Mandy. Yep. It's a new, what was that it's a new thing? Three, three, three men and a baby. Three, three men and a baby. baby. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. A little different. It's a little different. <laughs> a little different. Two, two, two Kims and a Mandy. We're diving into a four-part series on abuse, and we um, have Kim here because she's going to be sharing her story with us. We started out today talking about the different types of abuse because there's contact abuse, non, non-contact abuse. And that's one of the reasons we wanted to do this series is to clear up some of the misconceptions, to give you tools, um, which we're going to work through throughout the series, talk with a counselor, and also give you Kim's perspective on even just the word abuse and what abuse Mm -hmm. means and why it's important for us as parents, men and women, to know about this because the statistics are staggering. We, We mentioned that. Right. Well, and the abuse of men is really increasing at a rapid rate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read those CDC statistics, one in three women and one in four men. That's mm-hmm. that. It's not just a woman's issue not anymore. And people all. don't talk about it and don't share their stories. So I think that's why we think the statistics are getting bigger and bigger. It's yeah. something that's always gone on. It's just hasn't always been talked about and shared. 
So, Kim, um, let's dive into your story a little bit. Okay. We want to hear um, from beginning to end. Share us a little. Share with us about what happened with you. I was um, sexually abused when I was elementary school ages. It started in like early elementary school. As an adult, I remember looking back and having to remember what school I went to or what house we were living in at the time to try to figure out like the, the, the age, the ranges. Frame. It was someone I trusted. It was someone I had been taught was safe and someone I was to love. And um, grooming was very slow and made me feel special and let's play this game because I love you and those kinds of things. I also want to mention bad situations can happen in places that seem very safe. That's so good. So I good. remember one specific time in particular that it was broad daylight, middle of the afternoon, and we were in a bedroom with the door open, people all just right down the hall in another room. So I think a lot of times we think of sexual abuse happening in the dark, scary yes. places mm-hmm. or with the scary looking stranger. Yes. This was not, I think a lot of abuse happens in places where you, because it doesn't really send off any warning signals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No one's coming out of a dark, scary looking basement or closet or anything. It's just right out there in the open and can very quickly be hidden and mm-hmm. it doesn't look like anything alarming. It doesn't put off as many, I think, warning signals for the other like parents or adults who are around. Um, so that's kind of how how my story went. Um And when I was young, I didn't tell because I didn't, like we talked about earlier, I didn't have the words. I didn't have the language. I didn't have an understanding of what this was that was happening. Again, it was someone I trusted and felt safe with. I remember feeling like maybe something wasn't right. Like I remember that feeling of I didn't want anyone to catch this happening or Mm -hmm. because I felt like I was going to be in trouble for doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember getting the the talk from my mom, my sister and I both about being young ladies and sitting a certain way in a dress and you're too old to, you know, sprawl out on the floor if you're wearing a skirt, those kinds of things and thinking, okay, I don't want to get in trouble for doing something wrong. Mm. And then when I finally did open my mouth and talk about it was with my best friend at the time in elementary school. And I said, so what grade fourth or what are you thinking about? Um, that time? I think I was probably by that time was like fourth grade. Okay. I was getting older and it was kind of something that was kind of tugging at me, making me think, OK, I something's not right here. So this had probably been going on. It had been about. going on for a while. Okay. Yes. Um, and, you know, I was never the kid to keep a secret, which is really weird. I was a talker. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know, I was, Yeah. That's for why parents, you're in it next talk. <laughs> like, that's – seriously, I was like the informer in my house who is now my son in my house. <laughs> but I was that kid who just couldn't wait to tell whatever the big news was or the story or blab all about my day when I got home. I was a talker. So that, parents, we need to take alert of that. Yes, but I just I had a mom a say good. that the other day. She said, I don't have to worry because my daughter is the talker. Right. And she tells me everything. So I know she would never keep a secret. So that is so important yes. to say that. But I was the talker and I had a very big secret. Wow. And I still hate the word secret. Yes. <laughs> um, but 
And I know we're going to talk some more about safe secrets and unsafe secrets. But in this, um, I think I do need to say a person that you trust who asks you to keep something secret, that can make that person no longer a safe person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think parents need to share that with children. Because had I known at that early age, okay, this is someone I trust and I love, but there's this secret here that I think I need to tell people about. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have the language. So I ended up telling my best friend. And I think I said something to the point of, well, it's like we're I'm his girlfriend, but he's so much older. Like it didn't make sense, you know, because it, by that time there yeah. were little boys and girls that would be girlfriends. And you're boyfriend. just on the playground with this girl, right? I'm just like on the you're just chatting, like, trying, trying to, to out. let this it. out. Makes yes. Because, like I said, I was the talker holding yeah. on to a secret. So it was trying reaction. to burst out of me. But, right, someone I felt safe with. Yeah. She was my best, best friend. Um, and I will never forget, she was so matter of fact and not shocked at all by what I had said. Mm. And she said something like, oh, you mean like when they take you into this room and dot, dot, dot. And she had experienced a very similar thing. So I remember in my little kid mind going, oh, well, that happens to everybody. So this is normal. And I stopped talking. I remember the first time you shared that with me and I was speechless. Like I was like, (laughs) that breaks my heart in so many pieces. Right. That. You have, I mean, I'm just picturing two little girls in the playground and this is their normal about sexual abuse and they don't even know that that's what it is. And And it's normal to both of them because Mm -hmm. it's, it just breaks my heart. Right. So in that moment, that was my kind of like, oh, okay. So I have this little feeling in me that's feeling like something's off. Same thing happened to my friends. So this must happen to everybody or everybody has these Mm -hmm. girlfriend, boyfriend relationships Mm -hmm. like this. Um, And so I didn't talk about it. And then um, I remember later in life learning about, well, of course, learning about sex, but then learning about abuse and hearing the word molestation and going, what in the world? Mm -hmm. Um, And at that point I became angry I became angry at the person who did this to me. I became, I mean, and I'm getting older, so, you know, hormones and things start to kick in too. But <laughs> I was not, I just remember being really, really angry. Um, because you finally realized I was abused. Because like, I finally I was, had this, this realization was me. this wasn't something that was supposed to happen to me. Right. Yeah. This little feeling that I've had inside me all this time thinking something's off and something doesn't feel right. I was right. Yes. yes. And I as an adult, right. you finally start to have the words and start to see you the signs, the language, the language. And label it. And then yes. it's like, then what do you do with it? Yes. Um, and so one of the things I do want to say for parents is I was testing it out on my friend. Sometimes kids will test it out on their parent. Mm-hmm. When you feel like they're having a really hard time, it's embarrassing or awkward, or they're telling you about a quote-unquote friend, mm-hmm. um, they may be trying to test it out and say, tell you something scary that's happened to a friend or something. Um, as parents, we need to stay really calm in that moment. Yeah. Because they're testing our reaction to see if it's safe to go on and maybe tell you something. So if 
if your child is coming to you with something about their friend or I heard this or I saw this on television, you know, things like that. Um, I think it's important to just get them to share and stay really, really calm. And I always say, always believe and never minimalize. Always believe, never minimalize. That's really good advice. Um, And when your kids come to you and even it may just be this adult asked me to keep a secret. They cussed in front of me. It may be something simple. Like you're like, that's. That needs to be a red flag alert in your right. brain. And again, it goes part, back to that secrets yeah, conversation that we're going to dive into. Yes. We're going to dive into more of that. You know, um, I know we only have a few more minutes left on this show, but I want to talk a, just a minute about that light bulb moment. Because um, I I told you recently I was reading the Jackie Hill Perry book, mm-hmm. Good Gay Girl, Good God. And she had a similar moment. She was watching Oprah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And she didn't know she had been abused. And she saw a victim on Oprah Mm -hmm. saying about her abuse. And it was like that moment where she stood in her kitchen and she was like, oh, my gosh, that's what it was. But she didn't. She said the exact same thing in her book that you have been saying to me for years. I didn't have a word for it. Mm -hmm. I did not have a label for it. And sometimes parents, I think we need to know this. They're not telling us because they don't have the words for it. They don't know how. They don't right. know how. Yeah. You, I mean, even you don't even adult. understand what it is that's happening. And it's so confusing. And the grooming and the grooming is manipulation. Mm-hmm. You are being manipulated mm-hmm. to feel like this is okay or I love you or whatever it is that the abuser is saying or doing to convince the child that this is okay or to keep the secret. Um there's so many things there that your child brain just cannot process. Well, and there's long-lasting effects of that into oh, yes. adulthood. I mean, that yes. even as an adult to process that and be able to communicate it effectively. Exactly. It's a long journey. We're going to dive more into your light bulb moment. We're going to talk about how this has affected you as a mom, um, uh, parenting, what right. that looks like marriage, for you. What your that marriage. has looked like, it, too. It yeah. touches on everything. Every all relationships. Part, right? yeah. yeah. Thanks, Kim, for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us on Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim on AM630, The Word. You are not alone trying to figure out how to parent in this digital world. We are here with practical solutions to help you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our video series and podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk? Next Talk.